morning to each one this morning. Special welcome to the visitors. It's good to have you all here. I have to admit, I struggled a little bit to pull my thoughts together for devotional this morning. Um, felt like the Lord led me to the book of Jonah, but I struggled to pull some thoughts out of it. So we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Uh, I'm going to turn to Jonah. I think often when I think of a devotional, I think of something inspiring, something encouraging, something that uh, brings our thoughts towards uh, maybe the rest of a message or the rest of the service. And as I read through this account of Jonah, I didn't find it that inspiring or encouraging necessarily I found a maybe a selfish man I found a man that that did at least repent in in partially for disobeying God, but yet when things went the way God wanted them to go, he found himself disappointed, upset, actually. And so I struggled to know what points to pull out of it this morning, and I guess I just trust that God will speak to your life in one way or another, whether you find yourself a Jonah with the word of the Lord coming to you and not wanting to obey that, whether you find yourself a Jonah in the, at the bottom of the mountain, three days in the belly of a great fish. Maybe you find yourself Nineveh. Nineveh was more than ready to repent, it seems. Um, they went all out in their repentance, it seemed like to me. Or maybe you find yourself Jonah again by the gourd. <clears throat> Nineveh was, we read, was a fairly great city. Um, from some of the little bit of the research I did, I found that Nineveh was the capital of Assyria at one time. We read in Jonah that it took three days to walk across the city. There was over 120,000 people in the city. Um, from what little bit of history I read, Nineveh didn't stay a great city. Uh, Nineveh eventually did come to ruin later on. Nineveh was 
possibly founded on godly principles. I don't couldn't say that for sure from what little bit of research I did, but Nineveh was possibly founded at least under the oversight of Nimrod, which would have been a great-grandson to Noah. So, I'm not, I'm not sure that Nimrod actually founded the city of Nineveh, but it seems like possibly either a son or a ruler under Nimrod that founded the city of, of Nineveh. So, possibly had um, at least godly principles at one time. So that gives a little bit of history, what little bit of research I did on the city of Nineveh. I think we'll just read through the book here of Jonah and uh, maybe pull out some highlights and see what we can glean from it. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And I don't know what that looked like, but it must have been somewhat serious. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And from what I found from Joppa, Tarshish was 2,500 miles to the west, Nineveh 550 miles to the east. It seemed like Tarshish was far enough away that apparently somehow Jonah obviously knew about the city, apparently thought that he could flee from the presence of God there. Apparently... I don't know. Must have thought it wasn't God's country. I'm not sure. But apparently he thought he could get away from, from God's calling. So he boarded the ship. And we read in verse 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So that the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And something that sort of struck me here is Even in Jonah's disobedience to God, he obviously was, he, he witnessed to these sailors, as, we, as we'll see later on. But obviously he was a follower of God, at, or it would have seemed to me, the shipmaster came to him as a call on your God, call on thy God, and it's not a lowercase God, it's capital. So it would seem to indicate to me that God, the shipmaster's impression of God was the true God. Um... Because if you see earlier, um, yeah, maybe it's later. Somewhere it refers to 
every man calling on his God, if I remember right, in lowercase, not the true God. So he woke up Jonah who was sleeping, um, and says, call on your God that we perish not. We see here also that Jonah's disobedience caused a lot of grief to a lot of other people. Not only to, not only a lot of fear, but also it says they cast out their goods into the sea. They, they lost belongings in order to try and save their lives. All because of Jonah's disobedience. Verse 7, And they said, Everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou, and what is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceeding afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. I don't know if I could do that. Obviously, it was Jonah's problem that the storm was upon them. But Jonah hadn't yet repented. But he was willing to be cast into the sea for the life of the rest of the sailors. But God had a greater plan yet in place for him. Continue reading verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let not let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. I was struck by what God can use sometimes. Still yet an unrepentant man. But they cast him into the sea. The sea was calm. I suppose in their minds, Jonah's life was lost. But it caused them to turn to God. Verse 17, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So many times I read this story, and yeah, that happened to Jonah, and you know, it's, it's kind of a story. But it's more than just a story. This was real. I, I can't imagine being in a fish for three days. I, I can't imagine being alive in a fish for one day. It, I don't know, it must have been rough down there. <laughs> I wonder what his skin looked like when he came back out. You know, three days in a fish, I suppose there's possibly 
belly asses and stuff, started working on digestion. I don't know what all was going on in there, but it couldn't have been fun or pretty. But it took Jonah three days, it seems, to call out to God for help, to repent. And then all of chapter 2 is a prayer to God while Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Continue reading chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then said I, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto, thee, unto thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah unto the dry land. <clears throat> so it seems like Jonah was finally repentant of his disobedience to God, of his running away from God. He was willing, it seems willing, to do what God asked of him. Chapter 3, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto them the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Noah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe he was scared of Nineveh. Maybe that's why he didn't go the first time. I think we find our, I find myself in situations like that sometimes, where God says, go or do. Um, and I don't want to. Um, you know, when I was a child, I used to gripe and complain about maybe little tasks that seemed really big. And mother used to say, well, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. And I kind of think that's what Jonah was doing here. Maybe an average day, God said, hey, go to Nineveh, preach to them. He turned it into a pretty big ordeal. Um, that lasts, I mean, the book of Jonah probably covers, we know it covers at least a week of Jonah's life, maybe two or three, I don't know, but it's not a huge part of his life, but it, it drug out. I mean, he could have went to Nineveh, I don't know if it had taken him a couple of days or so, I don't know how far it was from where he lived, but head over to Nineveh, take three days to go through there, and it may have been a fairly simple task. But he made it a pretty big one. I don't know if he was scared of the people in Nineveh. I don't know. Well, I think we do have a little bit of insight of, of what he thought later on in chapter 4. But we'll keep reading. 
So the people of Nineveh, in 3 verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their, land, in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. These guys went all out. They didn't, they didn't waste any time, it doesn't seem like, and they didn't just go half-heartedly at it. They repented. They got, they got serious about it. I, I don't even know if it would be recommended to fast without at least drinking water. And yet, the king commanded no food, no water. Not just the people, but the cattle, the livestock, everything. And I don't know how long that was, but they got real about getting right with God. And I think sometimes we find, I know I can find myself in a situation where maybe God's speaking into my life and yeah, I don't really want to give him everything. I don't really want to go all out. I just want to go, you know, a little bit. I just want to be sorry, but, but maybe hang on to a little portion of it or something. Um. There's a pretty big contrast here we'll see here in a little bit from Jonah's repentance and the city of Nineveh. I think Jonah repented of disobeying God and he did obey God. Obviously, he went to Nineveh and he preached to him. But we see he was keeping a little bit of a maybe a selfish attitude yet. Chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Now, I can't think of any other reason to be so exceedingly angry because God repented of the evil he was going to do, and 120 plus thousand people repented, other than he was selfish or he. He wanted to see the destruction of Nineveh, it seems. I, I don't know. I sometimes I say, how in the world could Jonah have such an attitude? But I don't know. I think sometimes we have, I know I do, sometimes have attitudes similar. I don't have a good attitude toward an towards an individual maybe and you know we know it's the right thing to do to maybe go and talk to them or something but yet we kind of hope that something bad happens to them and they repent and that bad doesn't happen and it can sort of 
irritate us or whatever. Verse 2, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. <clears throat> I think this, those two verses give us a bit of insight of Jonah's thoughts, possibly the first time the Lord came to him. It gives us a lot of insight on God's character. And then it possibly gives us a little insight on still Jonah's attitude. Um, Jonah knew that God was gracious. He knew that Jonah knew that most likely if he went down there to Nineveh and preached to those people, they would, if they would repent, God would keep from destroying them. And apparently, he didn't want to see that happen. I don't know. But it seems now that he would rather die than see Nineveh repent. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 4, Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? Just, just one simple question. Is it benefiting you anything to be angry? So apparently Jonah had to think about that a little bit. Verse 5, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There made him a booth, sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah and he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which, made, which came up in a night, and withered in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? so God used a very an illustration that seems like Jonah could understand he caused a gourd and I don't know what the gourd must have looked like but it must have been some sort of a plant I've pictured some sort of a plant that grew up and gave him sort of a maybe an umbrella or something to protect him from Obviously, the the wind and the sun, which must have been fairly severe because Jonah would rather die than live in it, in the, in the climate that he had there. And I think God just showed to Jonah that, look, you didn't do anything for that gourd. You didn't plant it. You didn't water it. You didn't do anything for it. It grew and it died. And yet you're 
angry enough to die because this gourd won't protect you. It's not there for you. And I think we could assume the obvious. God created all 120 plus thousand people in the city of Nineveh. And obviously Jonah knew that too, I would say. And God says, you, you're angry at that gourd that you didn't do anything for. And you wished it would, you could have saved it, basically. Why wouldn't I take care of Nineveh? I mean, there's a lot more people there. There's a lot more souls there. There's a lot more. I, I created them. I put them there. Why wouldn't I take care of them? I, I guess I'm reading into that a lot, but I think that's kind of what God was trying to say. And I often wished to know what Jonah thought after that. But that's where the book, this book ends right there with God's comments to Jonah about the gourd. So I don't know where you find yourself. I don't. I guess I was a bit challenged to let God work in my life how He chooses. To not when we disobey God and run from God, it affects a lot more people than just ourselves. At the same time, if we obey God, follow His word, we can have an impact on a lot of people. I was also very challenged with Nineveh's response to the preaching of the word. They just they went all out in in getting right with God. And I don't know how long that lasted, but I don't know. I guess I just hope that you could gain something from this as I was felt led to Jonah but didn't know what to pull out of it exactly and I guess I just pray that Maybe some part of the story would speak into your lives.